always sound good. Hopefully, we should. We always sound good. <laughs> we try. <laughs> we try. All right, guys. Uh, welcome back. We are back. Back. Yeah. And we have some really good uh, news. I know we always talk about AK fighters, but one made history this weekend. Which one? Yeah, Daniel Cormier, the king of MMA right now. Yeah. I mean, they say that the heavyweight champion is, is the most dangerous man in the world, the baddest man on the planet. And he's not only the heavyweight champion of, of the world in the UFC, but he's also the light heavyweight champion. I mean, how much better does it get than that? I mean, you can't really, you can't really get two better belts than the light heavyweight belt and the heavyweight belt, and to do it with such ease. Yeah. And I don't see, there's nobody that can even contend with him in either weight class. Yeah, that's the thing. We're looking at the rankings today, and we're just like, man... I know uh, Gustafson said he wants to fight him or he needs to vacate his title, but that ain't Gustafson's decision. You know, that's the UFC's decision. And, and Did he already beat Gustafson twice already? Or at least once? Yeah, and the thing is, it's like, yeah, he, it ain't up to him, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the Lesnar fight is the most interesting fight. I think it's a fight that Daniel deserves to have. He's, he's proven enough yeah. to get a fight like that where he's going to be able to make the kind of money that he deserves to make. Ten plus million? And... Um, Shit. I see he was gonna text me just okay, go ahead. No, what do you get there? Yeah, DC's calling I'm gonna try to call him with DC here in a minute. He's he's checking in the hotel right now, so be nice to get him on. Yeah, I uh I don't like I said, I don't see anybody who can contend with him, either division. I mean besides Cain Velasquez, which he'll never even of course entertain that idea. But I don't know. I mean, uh, Dana White said that he will let him keep both belts. So, like you said, it's not up to Gustafson. So, who really, uh, who cares what he's saying, you know? Yeah, you know, and uh, what about the Shogun? You said, oh, yeah, yeah. You said uh, that uh, he wanted they, to... Apparently, well, hopefully he calls in. So we can ask he's him. checking in the hotel right now, so he's... But uh, he wants uh, he wants Shogun, even though he's ranked probably 8 or 7. He, I, he, I think he fights uh, later on in July, like 28th, mm-hmm. roughly. And I'm sure he'll get the win. And then uh, he wants him... Probably November-ish. Yeah. And then uh, retire with Lesnar in March. So be a big fight, man. He's going to make a lot of money with Lesnar. Yeah. And and the thing is, is like, I think everyone who knows about MMA and about Daniel Cormier knows that there's no, I mean, there's no logical chance that you can give Lesnar in that fight. I mean, the odds came out today, and they opened up with uh, Daniel Cormier a two-to-one favorite, yeah. which is rightfully so, I think. Um, you're talking about an Olympic-level wrestler who is knocking people out on the feet. I mean, he jumped up to heavyweight and knocked out Stipe. Mm. Like, like clean. Like, clean knocked him out. Didn't use any of his wrestling. Didn't use his pedigree. Didn't use what got him into MMA in the first place, which I think is inspiring on a bunch of different levels with Daniel Cormier because he's an inspiring person and a motivational person. And, you know, his work ethic and training attitude and mentality is something to be inspired from. Um, so that alone is good. But you always know in the back of your mind this was an Olympic level athlete. So of course he had this natural, maybe not natural, but definitely built talent um, when he got into the UFC to contend and beat most of the guys that he fights. I think when he goes in there and fights Stipe at heavyweight and doesn't even use his wrestling, that's a whole nother level of inspiration and motivation to up and coming fighters that like, he, he got to that point to where he got that knockout from abilities that he learned since he joined MMA, since he came to AKA, since he started working on his striking. It wasn't the wrestling that won him that fight. 
and he beat the the heavyweight champion of the world. You know, a guy who's knocked out people, a guy who's a fierce striker. You know, a guy who's who's a tough tough competitor. I mean, Stipe. I mean, yeah. the guy was ranked number two pound for pound in the world. He just blew him away in the first round. Which you tell me you agree? Cormier is number one. He's for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. I mean, it's it's there's neat, no the doubt. Little there's mighty no mouse, doubt. whatever. But uh, again, you there's asked no me doubt. the other day, can but you name two people that he's beat? I can't. I'm not. I'm not going to ditch. Uh, Mighty Mouse, but the thing is, is like you gotta you gotta look at who people's fought. I mean, so like I said, some of the best fighters in the world don't have the best records. You know, it's not like boxing where you're fifty and one, fifty yeah. and two. I mean, you know, a lot of the best fighters have losses because they put themselves on the line and they fight these really hard fights, and and they don't show up at one hundred percent all the time. And when you fight certain fights, you have to be one hundred percent to win. You know, you may be the better fighter at one hundred percent. You show up at ninety, eighty, or seventy, you're gonna lose. To, to a fighter that may not be as good as you, but you just he showed up better than you. So you have to take those risks, and you look at Daniel Cormier, he's fought everyone and beat everyone. There's only one person in the world who's beaten him, and he, he's beaten him he's not cheater. clean, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and you can say what you will, how much effect steroids and drugs, whatever, had on, on those fights, but uh, either way, it doesn't matter. If, if there's a ruling body, a commission body that says, you know, he, he popped and he fell and, and he was on steroids and it was unfair, then it's unfair, you know, yeah. and, and even so. Not Cormier's fault. John Jones has had won two belts in two different weight classes. I think Jones tweeted, dare I say has that. Jones, even, Jones has never even fought at heavyweight. No, but he, he said that one fight at heavyweight. He's the youngest in all the top five of either heavyweight or light heavyweight. He's just trying to hang on to whatever he he's, can, yeah. I think. But the thing about it is, too, is people don't understand DC was not a light heavyweight fighter. DC has always been a heavyweight fighter. He yeah. came to AK as a heavyweight fighter. I mean, he weighed and in. Rightfully so. Look at him. He weighed in know? at 245 pounds for the Stipe fight. You know, so more than Stipe. That's 40 pounds more than when he fought his last fight. So you got to think about. He's a heavyweight fighter. The only reason that he dropped down to 205 wasn't to take easier opponents or to fight smaller guys, nothing like that. It was because Kane was was on his way to be the king, and and Kane was a heavyweight, couldn't make 205. So as an, as an ambassador to the team and, and, and just a, an awesome friend, he stepped away from heavyweight to let Kane, Kane push forward, and Kane did and got his belt. He did all right. He did okay. Kane yes. beat Lesnar. Got his, he got his belt, and, and he got to be the king, and then DC dropped down and killed himself every single time um, to make that 205 weight limit. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, he was fighting at a weight class that he wasn't healthy and comfortable at and still beating everyone. So, so John Jones can say that, you know, the steroids didn't have an effect and I'm the best fighter, but DC can say never know. I wasn't healthy and that wasn't my weight class, <laughs> you know, so no matter what I gave you tough fights every yeah, time at, when it wasn't even my weight class. But I moved up to heavyweight and I've never lost a single round at heavyweight and I've beaten every heavyweight fighter I've ever fought and I just knocked out the heavyweight king. You haven't done that. So I think it's he never will. I think you know without beating John Jones, I think this slams the book shut. Tell them, uh, tell these guys, if you will, what about uh, yeah, uh, our buddies um, about what uh, John Jones. Okay, no, uh, Cormier does with the kids at AK still. Yeah, I mean that's why I say he's such an ambassador to the sport, man. He's just he, he he's such a good person, man. I mean he coaches like the the little league teams. Um, you know, my nephew's a part of, of, of the league and everything. And then he also, uh, he teaches wrestling. You know, he, he's, he's a wrestling coach at AKA, you know, and it's all the kids. He, he runs it's a incredible. whole kids program. So if you've ever dealt with kids, 
you know, it's tough. It's not an easy job, you know what I mean? But he goes in there, and he is so professional, and he, he, he loves every one of them, man, and, and he trains them hard. You know, you can see that work ethic. I've never been in a wrestling program. You know, I never had wrestling in high school or, or junior high or anything. So, you know, other than training with pure wrestlers my whole career, and Kostik and Fitch and uh, Kane and DC and all these guys, um, I've never seen that wrestling curriculum but I see it through these kids. And of course it's toned down because it's kids, yeah, but still, I mean, still he has them grinding. I mean, they're, they're working their butts off in that class I mean, and they love it. They love these kids. Love it. You the know? fact that he's one of the most polarized MMA figures and he still does that for free. Right. I mean, I would assume he doesn't get paid for it. Why yeah, would he? I mean, exactly. it's, it's one of those things where if you're making like 5 million a fight or 10 million a fight, $2,000 a month or something, it doesn't make a difference. You know what I mean? And he ain't doing it for the money anyway. So I know for a fact that if if his only option was to do it for free, he'd still do it. So I, I can't imagine he's taking money mm-hmm. for it anyway. But it's beside the point. I mean, the point is, is he's teaching these kids to be wrestlers to help grow them, and, and he's just such a fan of the sport as well. So when he's not teaching kids wrestling, you know, being with his family, he loves his family. He's a great father, great husband. Um, he's he's an analyst, and he's at all these UFCs, breaking down the fights mm-hmm. and. And, and, and commentating and, and interviewing people and doing all these things. I mean, the guy works like like crazy and still goes in there and beats the best fighters in the world. This isn't a guy that's like living in the gym, training, you know, 10 hours a day and has nothing else to do in his life except just focus on training and fighting. This is a guy who is doing, he's juggling a lot of things and still wiping out mm-hmm. two divisions at the same What's time. Uh, I, I would assume... I don't know if we even talked about it or maybe we did, but I would assume like second round, ground and pound, TKO or something. I didn't see a first round standing mm-hmm. knockout. Yeah, he didn't have any inclination to take it down. He's got the best uppercut. He does NBA. have a good uppercut. And the thing is... Ask Gustafson, you know. And that, I mean, that's, that's, that's the inspiring thing people need to take from this fight. This is a wrestler who got into MMA because of his wrestling. He got recruited by Zinkin Entertainment, Dwayne Zinkin, Bob Cook, um, trained by Javier Mendez and, and Leandro Vieira. But he, uh, he got into the sport because of his wrestling. And he used it throughout his career, but he never opted to be that pure wrestler that's just going to take you down, hold you down, and then just grind out a win in a boring way. Yeah. And I've always said this. I think if he fought John Jones to win, like if his life depended on it or, or his family's like, you know, if, if it was like something like do or die, he'd beat Jones for sure. If he could just, just wrestle him down and hold him. If it's not exciting, it's not yeah. a, a fight, he could out-wrestle John Jones. But he won't do it. He's too much of a fighter. So he goes out there and he fights. He wants to throw. He wants to kick. He wants to knee. He wants to do everything, right? And then he'll rely on his wrestling when he can't. You know, when he gets a good takedown, he'll pick someone up, flip him around in the air like a cartoon, and throw him on their back. I mean, we saw it with Dan, Dan Anderson. Anderson. We saw it with Gustafson. Yeah. We saw it with, I mean, I mean it's, it's like watching a, a superhero, you know, the way he just picks guys up and just twirls them around and drops them. Um, but you know he, he doesn't he doesn't have to rely on his wrestling and that's that's an, a crazy thing man that's a crazy thing he's, he's a beast you know he's thirty nine, um, but is thirty nine so old so are you. to me I I feel like it's old man and I got other things going on but like you see guys like him he he inspires me for sure not to continue fighting but like in other ways you know what I mean like he definitely inspires me to to you know in in many ways man he he's just such an inspiring person he's such a good person he's such a hard worker you know and. Um, you, you can't not be inspired by someone like that. I love it. So Great. I think uh, everyone definitely wants to watch the uh, 
the Lesnar fight. Oh, that'll probably. Be I mean, I, we know what's going to happen. Fight yeah, history. we know what's going to happen. But yeah. here's my ideal card, and I, I've said this a million times. I don't think Conor McGregor is going to come back and fight Khabib. But then again, I'm leaning to he might because well, Michael Chiesa yeah. is going to sue him. And uh, Chiesa, did I get that right? Yeah, Finally, for the nice. first time. Yeah. Uh, Michael Chiesa plans on suing him, I guess he just announced. So he's probably going to be taking a hit. He's probably been blowing a lot of money. So when you're, when you're looking at you know, not making $100 million, if, that, if that's off the table, $5 million, $10 million is, is pretty damn yeah. enticing. So I think That'll he's going to want to take a fight to make some money. And the only fight that's going to pay that kind of money... I think that Nate Diaz fight's fading away, you know, getting less interesting. Well, Nate Diaz guys, is in trouble. He's doing his added, own thing. They just added two more counts on his... Uh, on Nate or Nick? Uh, shit, Nick. Oh, I don't Nate, even know yeah, about yeah. Nate. Well, regardless, well, Nate, they're yeah, both in trouble. Either yeah. way, it's kind of fading away a little bit. We've seen him fight. You know, it is what it is. He wants Nate to come down to lightweight. just gives Conor more advantage now. Whatever. But the biggest fight is Khabib versus Conor. That's just the bottom line. Of course. And so... I'm leaning that they might fight just because he, he's going to need that money and, and he wants to say he fought the best fighter in the world and, and if he does pull it off, you have to take the risk, right, to be the most successful. If he pulls it off, I mean, imagine how big he'll be if he pulls yeah. that off, which he I don't see how he can do it. Yeah. No, but, but I'm just saying if he does. Um, and that, So here's my ideal card. I think they, sh- you know, they should put uh, Lesnar in DC as the main event, Conor McGregor, Khabib as the co-main event, and that I think would be probably the biggest pay per view. Rockhold and Whitaker on there. Well, I mean, shit. Let's get all the Just, AK but, champions. Yeah, but that would be the biggest card in UFC. I mean, that'd have to sell more more than any other oh, card. Yeah. And if they do like a world tour with that, pff, come on. Yeah. I mean, imagine Lesnar and DC. That's they're gonna have quite a bit of of bickering back and forth. You know, what yeah. I mean, it's not they're they're two charismatic people. It's not like they're boring. Then you got Conor McGregor and Khabib. I mean, we've already seen, you know, I mean, what's happened with them. Yeah. It will be a crazy world tour, and I'll watch it. I hope they can. I hope they can mesh those cards. I know the UFC probably wants to have two two big cards and make two big uh, revenue shows. But man, if they could mix it and, and just break all the records it's ever been in every sport, every wrestling, every UFC, it would. It'd do it. They'll oh, do three million sure. plus buys. I think it'd, it'd break every record ever. Might as well, who else would be on there? Then we just Ortega. get like. Floyd Mayweather Cyborg. versus like uh, some yeah. boxer, you. some other boxer. I return you prelim, return prelim, prelim. Who cares? You fight Mayweather, but it's a payday. You want you know? the MySpace prelims? They bring MySpace back. Is that still around? Yeah, I think so. I think I have an account still, but I can't log in because my email address that I use for that account, um, I have no access to. So it's like I think mine's. I a, forgot my password. It's like put your email address, and I'm like, why well, don't I have access to email address? I remember mine. I wonder if it's I'm gonna works. go look because I want to see who my who who my last top. Nine were Top or whatever. Eight, whatever it was. <laughs> I'm just curious who the, who the final one was before I I got deceased on, in MySpace. No, I took Tom him off. Tom was everybody's friend. I took him off. He made himself everybody's friend. Wouldn't you? God, how arrogant that guy is. You have 41 pictures of you at the gym. He has a he has a <laughs> he has an Instagram account too. I think I don't know how many friends he's got. What did he there. sell that for? Did he sell it like Justin Timberlake or something? Yeah, shit? I think Justin jumped in on that. Uh, that's bad purchase. Good investment. No, yeah. nobody's using MySpace. <laughs> I think Justin's doing okay though. I bought a VCR yesterday. Want to come over and watch it? <laughs> yeah, sure. Got some old VHS tapes. Um, so, Us at acting school, or VHS tapes? Yeah, I still got that somewhere. So um, let's go ahead and uh, talk about a couple of headlines. Uh, we got. We always talked about um, Kisa, Kisa, Kiesa. Kiesa. Yeah, I got it. Sue McGregor, obviously. Do you um, think that him 
I, we'll cover some of the fights this week. I'm sure they already know the results, but mm-hmm. we'll touch on them a little bit. But obviously, he did lose this weekend. Didn't make weight. Do you think him doing all that uh, hurts his chances of this lawsuit? Yeah. I think the fact whole, that he, he missed yeah. weight probably hurts it, and I think the fact that he lost the fight hurts it because he came in bigger. The whole basis and of he the, lost. And he said he wasn't going to fight at lightweight again, which was, oh, that was the nail in the coffin. Yeah. That's going to be played in court for sure because... How can you... Yeah, the whole basis of the lawsuit is set on him... Being a champion being at lightweight. champion, yeah. Because hey, he could have fought Khabib and been the champion at lightweight. Then the very next fight he has, he's, he's quoted as saying, uh, I'm not fighting lightweight anymore. I'm going to fight welterweight. So, that guy so needs now, a, a PR guy. Yeah, because so now if I was on, uh, you know, the... the the side of Conor McGregor and his litigation attorneys and stuff, I would say, hey, man, he's not even wanting to be a, a lightweight fighter now. So his, I mean, so how, how much did we really ruin his chances? I, he may yeah. not have made weight. He may not have. So I think his, it's not his gonna, best bet was not to fight at all. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's going to have to be some. He did hurt him. He did yeah. cut his eye. He did cause damage. But I think the amount he's going to get paid is going to be a lot less than. He'll get 80, 100 grand where he could have got maybe a million plus. I think Conor's going to settle. Yeah. I think it'll be the best bet. You don't want the jury to to decide something like that because jury juries are depending on who they are they're not going to really side with uh, with UFC fighters. You know, yeah. they're not going to especially acting like that and and, and that that, you know, that footage is really bad. But you, you, like, you don't want to go to court. I think if you're Conor McGregor, I think you well, just offer him a, a yeah. fair amount, a good amount, just to get him off your back and hope that but he it's, takes you it. You know, it's not like Kiesa lost an arm or something. He had a little cut on his forehead. I mean, uh-huh. I, I shaved this morning and got the same exact bleed. Not my forehead. I didn't shave my Conor forehead. McGregor didn't cause it. What if Conor McGregor it, caused it? Oh, then I'd lay on the ground and cry. Yeah. I'll pull like that soccer shit that's going on now, that World Cup. <laughs> Have you seen that? Where no. they get hurt and lay there for 20 minutes and stand up and start playing again? <laughs> I love soccer. What a cool sport. <laughs> Any sport that can be 1-0 to zero is a shit sport. Really? Just saying so you know. It's Hockey. big, man. This World Cup has been big, dude. It's huge in Russia, too. Yeah. It's a reason it's, why it's crazy right now. America doesn't like it. Wow. We're not even in it. Yeah. Go Germany. Are they still in it? I don't know. Last time I looked, I can't I can't remember. Yeah, who cares? Um, and DC possibly, another another bit of news, uh, possibly has a broken finger. Yeah. I can ask him if, if we can get him to call in. It was a last-minute notice, so he's he's on the run right now. But I would have liked to have called in and just said hi and congrats. Well, we, we've talked a, online, uh, but we haven't we haven't talked in person yet. I uh, hopefully he does call in to us um, or to you, but I'll listen. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, every time you break a bone in the octagon during a fight, you have to have a minimum six month suspension. So hopefully that's not the case. Yeah. Just what I hear. I don't know the exact rules on that, Shit. but. Yeah, but didn't they say Lesnar had to take six months to get ready? Yeah, anyway? that's why he can fight Shogun. Why do you think Lesnar needs six months? Um, he didn't look too injured when he walked in the ring and pushed. I think the, he's trying to cut weight. Or, no, cut no, something. Probably change his diet a little bit. Steroids. Uh, I don't, we can't make uh, allegedly. Be, we can't make accusations, but I can. Six months to get ready for a UFC fight. Yeah. You don't need six months to prepare, and he didn't look injured. Um, but you know, I, I, I can't say that I blame the guy if he's in wrestling. It doesn't it doesn't hurt yeah, you're people. You're allowed to do it there. It doesn't matter. It's like it's not hurting people or anything. And and you know what? If he wants to come in the UFC and get clean and show up and, and test clean and be a clean fighter and do it, hats off to him. You can't bag him for for doing steroids in a sport where it does help market you and you know it doesn't really hurting people. You're not you're not bashing what, people's faces in because I, you're like, on all the shit anabolic steroids. Baseball players do it or whatever. Yeah, it's sport. I, mean, I think it's just a different shit. different story. Yeah, you know, you can, so you can't really bash for that. You know, if he wants to get clean, I will say this: he's came into us. He, he's came from fake fighting to real fighting. 
Sorry, I just got to check the timer. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's the one. We'll take a break here in a second. Yeah. Um, deleted. Sorry. Uh, I will say this though: he's came from a, a sport of fake fighting, and uh, he's handled getting his ass kicked. I guess you should say. I mean, he also won the belt, so he did prove himself to be a champion. Um, but he's also taken his beatings like a man and came back every time. He didn't quit and run away. And like he's fought some tough guys. Came beat him up pretty bad. Um, he's had a couple bad losses and. To come in and fight Daniel Cormier, he has to imagine after seeing Daniel Cormier knock out Stipe, I mean, Brock doesn't like to get hit. And, and now you're looking at a fighter who is a Olympic wrestler who is going to try and knock you out and can do it. So it's like hats off to him for, for taking these chances and like and but it, going in there and like fighting these guys. I, I think like, it, it, it's different. Like Cormier wants to be champion. Yeah. He, you know, that's his goal. I don't think Lesnar gives a shit. I think he just wants the payday. What's the payday and the legacy? I mean, you, you know, wouldn't he's, he's be... the wrestler that came yeah. in and, and fought for real. And if you done wanted good. to be champion, you wouldn't go over there and, you know, play around in the WWF or whatever the fuck it's called. I, I hate wrestling, so... You know, just all the fake bullshit and the stupid... Just anyway. I mean, I, I, I get it. Make your money. I wish I could do it, but... I just don't see him as a... Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that timer, by the way. Yeah, it's all right. So, just till uh, the 7, and then we're good. <laughs> But anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this fight's gonna be good, man. Wanna, and I think it's gonna happen. Recap a couple of these real quick. I mean, I'm sure they know the results. Like I said, let's just get. Well, let's let's take. go to a commercial break real fast. I'll uh, check in with DC, see what he's doing. Um, hopefully, we, we get a commercial? call in on him. Yeah, you know about that? Which one? It's about this uh, this gym. Uh, they sponsored the show. It's a pretty amazing gym. I'll be honest. Beautiful. Beautiful. You were there this morning. Oh yeah. How was it? Yeah. Was it good? Actually, beautiful today. But, no uh, rain. No rain. All right. So, and uh, we're going to go ahead and go to commercial break and let you guys see this amazing gem from our sponsor, a.k.a. Thailand, <laughs> a.k.a. Thailand.com. Uh, I like how your voice gets real low like this whenever you talk about AK. Yeah, dude. It's, it means a lot to me. So, so also, if you can book online, get 10% off. Um, all you got to do is go online. Nice <laughs> plug. Yeah. And uh, we have all-inclusive packages now, guys. So, for all you people that want to come to Thailand... And you're nervous, just got a text. Hopefully, there's good news. Uh, all you guys that want to come to Thailand and and not worry about booking a moped, not worry about booking accommodations and trying to figure out where the best place is to stay. And a pick up from the airport. Pick up from the airport. Because there's nothing worse than standing two hours waiting for a taxi and then they don't know where to take you. Exactly. And then, and then uh, getting food plans at our Contender Cafe where you don't have to worry about food. You just eat every day and pay one price. You can pay online or pay via transfer or pay when you arrive. Um, and it's everything covered. We that, will, we will take care of everything. Info at AKTown. Info at AKTown.com, or you can go on the website and get the package, the gold package, and uh, that's it. You pay the money, and it's done. N no stress. You got your accommodation. You got your moped. You got your um, food. You got everything you need. Airport transfer. All, All you, you have to do is get on the plane and land yourself. and train. And have the best time of your life. And meet us. Yeah. We're cool sure. dudes. Yeah. We're cool with them to come off on the podcast, I think. Yeah, well, because we can't talk about a lot of things on the <laughs> yeah. podcast. So anyway, guys, we're going to go to commercial real fast, show you this, and hopefully when we come back, we'll call in with Daniel Cormier and congratulate him and, and see how he feels being the new king of MMA. Sounds good. All right. Let's do it. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. The great Mike Swick. He's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world.
you can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu, they have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. All right, and we're back, and that was a commercial from our sponsor, akathailand.com. Lovely and commercial. Lovely commercial. Absolutely amazing. Um, so, let's break down a couple fights from UFC 226 other than the Daniel Cormier fight. Um, it's just uh, some interesting fights, good work. and bad, obviously. So, yeah. <laughs> which one was bad? <laughs> hey, we'll touch knows. on that. Let's just go in order. Let's do uh, that. Uh, what Goken Saki, Saki. versus Khalil Roundtree? Yeah. Uh, I know you like Saki because of his kickboxing background. Yeah, absolutely. What is he? Ninety-six and twelve or something? That's crazy. I think he's like ninety-six and like twelve or fifteen, so somewhere around there. Around there. That, that's a ridiculous kickboxing mm -hmm. record. I mean, he's he's beat Anderson Silva in kickboxing. I mean, he's 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 one of the best in the world. And you know, and as as far as MMA, I believe he's like one and one two. and two. Yeah, yeah. I so, think he got knocked out twice. Yep. So that's the sad thing about the sport, but that's also the exciting thing about the sport is you got a guy with such a good pedigree in striking, but when you put him in a, a cage in MMA, it changes everything. And, you know, it's sad, it's sad to see a guy who, who's such a great kickboxer and spent so much part of his life learning striking and kickboxing and mastering it, going in there and getting knocked out by somebody mm -hmm. who hasn't put as much time and, and has the accolades as he does. So, but hats off to him, man. Well, that, you know, I, I think you, you touched on it when we were watching it, about how you came in as a striker, uh, but you know you also got to remember getting taken down. So I think you open up a little more. You're more susceptible to more strikes, which is obviously yeah. what's happening here. Yeah, and that's what. So I can relate to that in the fact that in my early career, I, I didn't have um, as many fast knockouts and stuff like that because I was very leery of getting taken down, which I'm sure Saki is. Well, you weren't quick then. You're. <laughs> yeah. What was it, your nickname? Kid Lion. Okay, that's a long story. <laughs> you you love bringing that up. Love it. Um, but uh, the point is, is like I was worried about getting taken down. And when you're worried about getting taken down because your ground game isn't where it should be and, and probably better than your opponents, you're very hesitant on the feet, and it changes everything. You're thinking about the ground the whole time, takedowns, ground, takedowns, ground, versus just going out there and let loose. Um, and in, in my you know, career, Dave Camarillo made a big change in my ground game. Um, and then Vieira, Leandro Vieira from there. And the more... Um, I trained on the ground the better I got on the ground which was something I, I got overwhelmed and engulfed in and actually felt like that was at one point my best attribute was ground um, the least I cared about getting taken down and that's when I started getting fast knockouts like when you see me fight Shonao or you see me fight Gideon Ray or Goulet um, I just went after it I didn't care I didn't care about getting taken down I didn't care about anything other than just th throwing punches throwing strikes trying to get the knockout because if I got taken down, I felt fine. I felt like I could yeah. get the sweep. I could get back to my feet. It's not the end of the world. Um, so I think that's where Saki's at right now. Is he's he's got to work on his. Gr Shockingly, is is you know you have two knockout losses. Um, you think you got to work on your stand up. Yeah. I think he's got to work on his ground game and takedown defense to where he's confident enough to be the striker that he is 
and not worry about getting taken down. And I think that yeah. would change everything. Just to add on top of that, I believe Dana said he's still going to give him one more fight. So yeah, he's still got another chance. But. And Roundtree, hats off to him. Um, yeah. I mean, he, I mean, was it a straight left? Yeah, that, that so. was a straight because we got a straight left knockout and yeah. a straight right um, later on in the card. But uh, foreshadowing, foreshadowing, foreshadowing. Yeah. I'll write it down Something for you. Something like that. Yeah, write it down next time. Uh, but uh, hats off to him, man, because he went out there and he went against a top, not top, one of the best kickboxers in the sport. Yeah. And didn't even care. I mean, he didn't even try to take him down. I mean, he went blow for blow and like punch for punch and ended up getting the knockout. You know, so man, he made a statement. He, he, he put his name on the on the map, and uh, he's uh, he's got he's well on his way to to making a name for himself and, and getting the big bucks. I need some money. Just so you know. Right, you got to knock people Speaking out. Speaking of money. Oh, the segue. Oh, Jesus. We had touched on earlier about uh, Michael Chiesa, mm-hmm. Sue and McGregor. Uh, you know, again, we touched on the fight, but, you know, hats off to Anthony Pettis. Mm-hmm. You know, as you were saying, too, during the fight. Uh, we do watch them together, by the way. Yeah. We don't watch them without each other. Have you ever noticed that? Mm-hmm. Oh, Because we have a podcast where we recap them. Ah, I knew there was that's, a reason. That's the reason, yeah. Um, yeah, he looked like you said the Pettis of old. I mean, uh, two submissions in one move, you know? Yeah. Not too shabby. So, I know we already touched on Kiesa kind of fucking himself <laughs> with the, uh, yeah. the lawsuit, but. I will say this, though. It's pretty, I mean, the, the thing I like about Anthony Pettis is he's a gamer. You got these guys that aren't gamers, that are, that are you know, talented, and if everything's going their way, they're great, and when it's not, they're not, and, and they show up sometimes, they, they don't show up sometimes, um, or they get emotional. They, they don't like somebody, and the emotions take over, and they have a bad performance instead of a good performance. Uh, Anthony Pettis is, is, is an all-around pure fighting gamer. I mean, he goes in there. You can tell he didn't, he didn't like Michael, and you can tell he wanted to prove a point. You can tell he was coming after him. He had emotion. He fought with emotion, and it showed. And again, like how many times have we seen it before? Again, he, he proved he is Showtime. Yeah. He shocked the world. He got again, a submission. Again, probably the best grappler in He that got a division. submission over one of the best grapplers in that division, and he got two. <laughs> like yeah. Who would have predicted he would have got two submissions at the same time? He got a triangle mm-hmm. armbar. So it's he like, did tap twice, by the way, two different times. So it's like, yeah, he did. He tapped on the yeah. stomach and he Perfect. tapped on the leg. Yeah. So he actually tapped out one of the best grapplers in the sport with two submissions at the same time. So, I mean, hats off to him for, again, shocking people and, yeah. and, and being impressive. What a, what a hell of a fight for him. Welcome back, you know, as far as, like, uh, an amazing fight. And Was he the favorite in that fight? Uh, I don't know. I really don't know for Vegas sure. Odds, but I really don't know for sure. But uh, probably I'm at. I don't know for sure on that one, to be honest. But he won, yeah. and he won impressively. And I think uh, people are watching him now. I think I think the division's on on alert for uh, Anthony Pettis. He's not done yet. Well, he had the chance to fight Khabib, right? But it fell through. I don't know. Whenever uh, he was one of them, what's his the name? Money? Pulled out the whole bus ship. He was in the running and didn't do it. I thought it was something like that. He couldn't agree on a money issue, but hey, you know, to each their own. And then Ortega, you know, I feel bad for Ortega. Ortega was ready for a fight. I mean, they got through the whole open workouts 
and he was ready to take the fight, and then it got it got canceled. I mean, I feel bad for him. He looked like he was pumped up. This is his big opportunity. You know what I mean? This is this is a big fight. This ain't like a normal fight. This is a huge fight. You know, right. and he was uh, he was ready to go and, and didn't go. And then they were trying to find him another fight, and Jeremy uh, Stevens said okay. He was ready to take the fight, but Ed Soros, who's his manager, said no. And then Dana called him out in the middle of the press conference and said, somebody asked, probably it was Ariel, uh, is it a, a definite no or is it a maybe no? Like, are we going to see this fight? Is there still a possibility we can see this amazing matchup? And uh, Ed Soros said no to the crowd of boos. But uh, that was unfortunate because I would have liked to have still seen him fight because, I mean, he's an up-and-coming fighter who's hungry, wants to fight, and that would have been a good fight, man. Honestly, Jeremy Stevens, he brings it. Yeah. He, he, you know, he's another one of those guys that like <clears throat> you want to count him out sometimes, and then he just brings it and does a great job. Down. Have you ever turned down a fight? <clears throat> no, we've never turned down a fight. I've had to back out of fights. Well, yeah, but we've yeah. never said no. We don't want that opponent. Oh, uh, my management has gr- through my career, but once I got to the UFC level, um, we we fought whoever they told us to, um, nice. or I got injured. And, and couldn't well, fight. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, but I'm talking about flat out just saying, no, I'm not going to fight him. No, but yeah. I've never been uh, in a championship fight. And I guess when you're a manager, you kind of have to make the decisions. Well, I mean, I understand. Well, well, that, and I think 20 minute notice, I get it. But I just didn't know throughout your career, like if you're like, hey, in six months, will you fight uh, you know, this guy? Yeah. And I mean, it's more political, I think, when you're a champion or you're at that champion level. I think he wants to wait and try to fight for the belt versus take a chance. Which I can relate to because, you know, I was supposed to fight Anderson Silva. I took a chance, and I fought because I wanted to stay active. I fought in, in, in my own hometown, uh, this guy, Yushin Okami, who was an unknown yeah. at the time, and I suffered a defeat. So, you know, if Ed Soros, you know, made the decision to let Ortega fight, and he was to happen to get beat by Jeremy Stevens, he's back now. Yeah. Whereas he could possibly be a champion in his next fight. So it's, it's political, man. You know, you want to boo and, and, and say... You know, but I'm glad Ed Soros is the one that said it, and it wasn't Ortega because Ortega was game. So you can't take anything out on Ortega. You can't say he was scared. You can't say, you know, he didn't want to take the fight. Um, it was just his management. It was a business decision. I mean, it's a business. You know, yeah. it's a, the UFC is a business on their side. As a fighter, you got to be business on your side. You know, and so, yeah, it seems like back in the early days, there there wasn't this kind of thing like this. There wasn't so much. Well, they didn't like have options. interim belts and. But there wasn't. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like there were so many options back then. Like it was pretty much we had to take these fights, you know. Or I miss that. It was bad. You actually fought who was ahead of you. you yeah, know? you had to take these fights. It's it not. Bad. Oh, I'm going to make fun of your girlfriend. Now I'm ranked number twelve. You're number two, and we're going to fight. Yeah, you I know? mean, I've had choices of fights where they said, "Hey, do you want to fight this guy, this guy, this guy? We'd rather you fight this guy. This is who we, we want you to fight." And I'd take that guy, you know. But it seems like when they tell you to fight someone, you should fight that person. Yeah, it's just sort of like your job, kind of, you know. Who fought Anderson Silva when they won the Ultimate Fighter instead of you? Travis Luter. That's who it was, yeah. He jumped ahead of me. So I beat David Loazzo, and then next in line was Anderson Silva, and then Travis Luter won the TV show. And that's when he went for that. I'm watching the fight, and I'm like, well, at least I hope it's a good fight, you know. And then he went for that arm bar or something and missed it or something, and, yeah. and then got pounded out, I think, or something. And he missed weight? Did we talk about that? And he missed weight, too. <laughs> All around, I was just like this emoji. Wasn't even a championship fight. I was this emoji the whole time. Which one? And this one. And then meanwhile, I uh, I went over and, and uh, got beat by Yusno Kami by decision. And then I was this emoji again. I was a lot of this emoji at that mm. time in my career. Wow. And for those of you on they audio... They didn't have emojis then. On, 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 all you guys on audio platforms, you need to get over to YouTube and check out the video so you can see 
This emoji. Yeah, that's... Uh, no, don't say it. They gotta watch it. Pulitzer material right there. Good acting. That looked just like the emoji because I'm bald-headed. So there was another fight that night. Um, <laughs> you know, I've been a little critical of Mike Perry. Yeah. Um, again, the guy's a beast. I'm not talking shit like he's a bad guy or anything. I, it almost appeared to me that he was going down that route of becoming like the Conor McGregor, Chael Sonnen, that were just shit-talking nonstop, especially Colby Covington. It's just, that's annoying. Mm-hmm. So it was humble to see when he did get the, uh, which I don't know why it was a split decision, but he did beat Paul Felder. Yeah, and um, it, good humbling. Yeah, it wasn't a split decision. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. There's no way. But um, but it was a great fight. You know, his post-fight interview of like, hey, I want to thank God, which you know I appreciate, whatever. And then I want to, uh, you know, thank the fans, everybody who supported me. I hate when they do that. I know you do, but you know, it's better than him. Oh, he was very respectful. Yeah, I, yeah. And I did admire that. I just, I just think people should leave. So he he changed my fighting. perception of him. You know, I still yeah. wouldn't get a tattoo on my eyebrow, but I mean, the guy's a beast. And you know he he dude he brings great it. fight yeah and it was a hell of a fight Felder Pelder or Pelder Felder, <laughs> was saying Paul Felder at the same time which would be Pelder uh, he proved that he is an amazingly tough fighter man I mean he was covered well, in blood and he didn't well not only was he cut everywhere he had a broken arm like a so he did have a broken his arm. knee was fucked up his ankle yeah he broke his arm in the first round really so it was official yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they last I it? last I heard okay I mean, I, but still the he dude was definitely hurt. And he never tapped, never gave up. He was throwing with it, too. Yeah. We saw him throwing with it after the first. You ever broken a hand or anything? How's that feel? It doesn't feel good. Especially trying to punch somebody with a broken hand? It hurts. It hurts. Yeah. It hurts and then goes numb and then hurts and then goes numb and then hurts. It's it's not a good feeling. I broke my second middle toe from the big toe. I don't know what that one's called. In uh, seventh grade basketball, but I finished the game. Wow. So you want to talk about toughness. Huh. Yeah, you didn't know that amazing stat about your boy, did uh-uh. you? I'm so glad that I did, and everyone else that's listening uh-huh. now knows. I'm sure that I'll bring my VHS tape, like we talked about earlier. I got I'm so on. relieved they watched or listened to the podcast now, knowing that you broke your middle to second last toe, whatever. If anybody can tell me what that toe is called, which one is it? Like you, you got your big toe, and the one next to it. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. Because you got what thumb, pointer, middle, ring, pinky. Yeah. What the fuck are the toes called? Um, I have no idea. Someone will tell us in the comments. I hope. So, if they, they're know. listening this long after me talking about toes okay, and fingers. Okay, let's get to the toes. Um, <laughs> let's get to the next fight. So, it was an amazingly oh, bad fight. And I don't want to ditch Derek Lewis, our H-Town boy. Um, you know, he was injured and he did try way more to win the fight with and, a bad and, back and, and he's he still was, throwing he was throwing kicks he was throwing punches no excuse for Ngano. but no excuse for Ngano. that absolutely was no excuse garbage apparently something like 17 total strikes were thrown the entire fight to be on a main card and to be making the money that he's making it was kind of sick man it was sick that like there's so many other guys out there that are making so much less that would, mm. would have put on a better show and he didn't even try to win the fight and he's not. I don't think he came out and said he was injured. I think he just literally. He's. What did he say? Something like he was. Uh, it was. He, sh- he should have fought better because something. He fear just, of his last fight. It carried over. Yeah. He made a statement, and it's. Well, then that that tells you right there he might not be fighter material, because the thing is you you have to, you know you have to be strong enough to get through those kind of times and fight better the next time. You know, and it's like if he can't do that. I'm not, I don't want to watch another one of his fights until I hear that he's done good now yeah. because that was absolutely brutal. 
He didn't even try. He threw, I think, in, in the beginning, a couple really hard punches, hoping that they would land. They didn't. And then it's like he just clocked out. Well, that shows you, I mean, again, you can test this way more than I ever could, how mental, mentally prepared, I guess, you got to be for the for the fight. Yeah. You know, because he's, uh, physically, the guy's ridiculous. Like, the hardest puncher in UFC history, some stupid shit like that. But. That's not stupid. That's pretty fucking wait, solid. Wait, whatever it is. You still I wouldn't want to get hit by him. <coughs> it doesn't do any good if you're not I wouldn't say it. any of this if, it was, if he was on the podcast sitting right well, there. Well, no, I mean. I wouldn't want to get hit by Ngannou, but that was a horrible fight. Lighten up, Francis. It was, it was a horrible fight, and, uh, you know, it wasn't Derek's fault. I mean, it was, it was Derek's fault. For, for He could have done more, but, I mean, if he was injured and he had problems, and we did see that he was trying as much as he could. So I'm not going to bag on him, and I want to see him fight again. And I think he's going to come back because he feels bad about that fight. He'll come back and try to fight harder and better, and I look forward to seeing that fight. And Ganu, I mean, yes. now he's got two bad fights yeah. to, to carry over from, you know, so it's like... I think I'm going to reach out to Derek, see if he wants to come to Thailand. Yeah, maybe that'd be a good idea. We All we him. have in common is Houston, Texas, but... That's enough, man. Yeah. That's enough sometimes. We're our own state. Houston, we're, you know. we're a proud people. Yeah, we are. And so hopefully he'll come. I mean, that guy seems like a blast, too. Yeah. So We'd have fun hanging out here, and he could work on some Muay Thai and striking, and we can rehab his back, get a lot of massage. I mean, there's no better place to get massages than, than Thailand. I've never had one here. They have massages at 7-Eleven. <laughs> you can get them anywhere. Starbucks, 7-Eleven, every single corner. Ugh. Massage. Man, really good. nice. Good impression. Yeah, that was really good. I've only been hearing it for 20 years when you drive by on your bike. or. It's whatever. amazing. I mean, I'll drive by with a my woman on my back and they're still like eh, come massage no care. no no they don't care um so yeah that wraps up uh the main card of ufc 226 style bender you wanted to say yeah he's uh pretty outstanding yeah he's 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 on a roll man he's he's he keeps winning he literally dana said it best he is a cross between anderson silva and john jones he's he could be the next big thing and, and again I he love has that name style bender man yes yeah. that's sick he's uh he's been ak so yeah. I mean, just a great guy to us when he was there. So I wish him all the success. Yeah. He'll be he'll be probably fighting for a title. Yeah. Probably within six months, eight months. Yeah. Be my guess. Absolutely. And then... And then your boy, uh... Have we touched it? I can't remember the last one on Chuck Liddell coming back. Oh, yeah. Chuck Liddell's coming back. And that's official. He just stared, um, stared down Tito Ortiz at the uh, Hall of Fame ceremonies. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah. I think it's signed and official. I, I've been texting, uh texting Chuck to get on the podcast so I think we're going to get him on again and talk about it uh, are you going to make me wear something him, weird I talked to him before he signed the fight when it was when he was talking with uh, Oscar and it was uh, you know they were working on everything and, and you know I haven't really talked to him except text since since it's been signed and everything but he's pumped man he, he's ready to put on the fight and and it sounds like Tito is too so who's not going to watch that fight you know and, yeah. and who's not going to say that uh, these these fights that are these one-off, you know, promotion fights like Golden Boy, just like the old Mayweather and yeah. stuff too. They're big fights. Who, who's who's to say that they're not going to be big? You know, do uh, it's a different kind of like affliction. How it's a go? different formula than the UFC does. You know, because they do shows all the time. It's an organization. They're going to do these one-off fights, I think, and and make them huge, boost them up really big, and it'll be this one gigantic fight, and then an undercard. And I wonder. Yeah, I wonder who's going to be on the undercard. Like, what so it's going to be like the new boxing, but it's going to be MMA. So. I'm excited to see kind of how they do it, kind of how it works out. You, you know? want to go to that? Why don't we get our press passes and go to that? Yeah, we should. Can we charge the flight to the company? 
Eight. Seven. Do we have any money in the? Uh, I don't know about that. Real quick, we'll make a quick podcast account. I don't know about that. We'll have to see. Shit. But I will be at that fight somehow, one way or another, man. We got to go watch Chuck. Nobody cooler than Chuck Liddell. He's so. the coolest guy, man. Um, and second but, round knockout, by the way, for is Chuck. That what you think? Yeah. Second round knockout. I, I could say that. They'll mm. take a, the first round. They're going to get to. I, I say there's probably not going to be a lot of action. It's been a while since they fought. Fill each other out. Um, Second round Tito's going to be timid. Pissed. Chuck's going to be trying to land big shots. Tito's going to try to get away from him. I think it'll be kind of tough the first round to, to see any kind of finish or any real action. I think by round two, they're going to start taking a little bit more chances. And uh, if Chuck can land that punch, Tito's afraid of it. You know, we yeah. know that for a fact. He's beat he, him twice already, right? If he does land that punch, that could be all it takes because he'll co- Tito has a bad habit of covering up and kind of like going into the corner and 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 if he does that then chuck's just going to unleash on him and and then they'll stop the fight um Tito's gonna... not the type of person that takes a fight or i'm sorry takes a punch and delivers the punch at the same exact time and back and forth like the force griffin stephen bond yeah. he's more of a kind that if he does get hit you can follow up and that's what chuck does the best and speaking of that have you been teaching chuck how to dress see how sharp he's been he's looking he's, yeah he's looking Damn. sharp man he's looking sharp shit He's, he's moving up, dude. I'm sure he's getting paid a lot of money on this fight, too. So I'm sure he'll do all right. Um, so let's go ahead and preview the next podcast. We've already recorded it, so we know it's amazing. Oh, I love that one. We already know it's amazing. It's coming up soon. In a couple of days, we're going to post uh, the podcast with Lynn Oding. And I know you might not be familiar with Lynn Oding. He is connected to him. But you have seen him. But you have, you have seen him, and you have seen his work because he has worked as a director uh, – uh, coordinator, director, stunt, stunt coordinator, uh, for coordinator. Equalizer with uh, Denzel Washington. Um, he's worked on uh, all the Fast and Furious, as it seems. Straight like. out of Compton, he's worked on all kinds of major movies. Walker, Texas Ranger. That's where we got to start. Yeah, we've known each other for over twenty years, so we have a lot of cool stories about the past. Um, it's a very inspiring, motivational. Oh, it is. It is um, funny podcast. too. One of our, good one jokes of our, in there. I venture to say one of our best podcasts we've ever done. It seriously is. Um, and this is a guy who. It's an amazing life he lives because. Well, they know each other because he did fight before too. So I yeah, mean, yeah, there is the fighter. MMA tie. He, he to was it. a fighter. Yeah, he, we were all fighters. Me and him and Eva Edwards were the three guys that kind of started out in Texas back in like '96. And me and and, and Jason, and then me and Eve went the route of wanting to be a UFC fighter, and Lynn went the route of wanting to do film and do stunt work and get his way into film. And he, he was a stunt man, got into being a stunt coordinator, which is like a, a director of action of the movies. And then now he's a director who just directed Braven, this big film um, that you can still uh, watch on streaming, in any streaming platform, um, I think, out there. Uh, Even his Netflix, uh, iTunes, short videos are good. Like, everything his he does, short films are man. amazing. He did uh, Lifted, was his huge short film with uh, DJI. He did with Joel Egerton. Um, it's an amazing short film. He did... Uh, um, he did so many, so many good. Well, he good. said he did over a hundred. I mean, I don't want to ruin the podcast, but he yeah. was in over a hundred movies. As, yeah, and the thing is, know. he talks about a lot of things that 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 no one knows, and like every single person he talks about is like a list stars yeah. and stuff. So I mean, he's he's got a lot of inside stories and really cool. It was he's one got of the best. He's got a pretty right? unbelievable Denzel Washington story. Yeah, I'm just gonna leave it at that. But that's that's fucking that guy's yeah. something special. He's Lynn's awesome. such a nice guy. He wears guy AK too. Thailand everywhere. On set everywhere. If you look at his interviews at the DJI uh, behind the scenes of Lifted and like straight out of Compton, he sent a picture of him and Dr. Dre with like AK. He loves AK Thailand shirts and he wears them everywhere. So we are so thankful for that. But it is one of the best podcasts we've ever done. Yeah, hands down, guaranteed. It really is. Yeah. So was you know so was the Nick Natanui one. So you guys got to go watch that. That one's yeah, pretty funny. Yeah. So that was a great one. And then uh, we have uh, hopefully we have Chuck Liddell coming on soon um, and Uriah Faber. Yeah. 
uh, has agreed to come on, and he's into film as well, um, which we'll get into in one second as far as film. Um, and Tyron Woodley yes. is confirmed, but we don't That's have quite a, the lineup right We there. don't have a, a set time for these guys yet, but we just got back from shooting. We've been gone for four days in the, in the very distant areas of Thailand and the village shooting this film, uh, Little Nak Mui. I think it came out outstanding. I shot 170 shots. Um, I was there. Yeah, it's we got an enormous amount of footage. It's a good, powerful movie you're going to put together. It's a powerful movie, man. It's about uh, children in Thailand fighting in full Muay Thai. We're talking 9 years because old. Because they have to. 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old, fighting full Muay Thai, supporting their families. And they're fighting for big bucks. Elbows, knees, no headgear. I mean, it's yeah, legit. Yeah, it's brutal, man. And like, it's it's going to be a very powerful film because we're, we're taking you inside this world of these children fighters and showing you, you know, we're, we're not taking any sides, you know, we're not trying to, to say, condone and say that, that kids should fight by no means. Um, and we're not saying that they shouldn't, that they shouldn't. What I mean. we're saying is we want you to just see, just like I wanted to see what it was like, what, what this, what, what these kids were like, and are they going in the ring scared and crying and not wanting to fight and just having to do so because they're being forced to, or are they going in there like warriors? And, and, and I think you're going to be very, very surprised yeah. when you see this unfold. I mean, like, it, it is absolutely... I've, I've been in Thailand for 20 years. I've seen kid fights for 20 years. Um, I've been in the UFC, you know, for over a decade, 15 UFC fights, uh, 40 fights total amateur and, and, and pro. And as we're filming this thing and, 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 and doing this, this film, I was just like, fuck, holy shit. So it's going to be so powerful. We're going to and get I, it done the right way. Lynn's going to yeah. try to help me out, get the right people to edit, and uh, get get this vision that I have to unfold exactly how I want it to be and how I want to present this to the people. But it's going to be an amazing film, so stay tuned for that. It's what, called Little Nack. I, I want to add one thing. A lot of people, the, the misconception is like, oh, I can't believe these kids are fighting. Right? Well, you know, <clears throat> in our society in America, you know, who's to say everybody's broken an arm or leg playing football? I had my nose broken or whatever when I was 11 playing basketball. Yeah. So that's no different from what they're doing. You know, we I got hurt as a kid, well, for, you know. Yeah, for them, it's, it's this is their only kind of chance and this to is make their, something yeah. of their life. And we, I didn't and we, get paid we that breaking my subjects. nose. These people are taking care of their families. Yeah, and, know, we, so. we, and we cover in the interview with our subject why he fights and yeah. why he wants to fight. And I think it's I think it's moving, you know, yeah. like what, what his what his thoughts are. This is the nicest looking kid. Oh, great I mean, kid. He looks, he's a, he's a, all he does is smile. Um, I, I, I went through a lot of kids. Like, I, like I, I searched through a lot of people, a lot of subjects to pick the right person that I really wanted to showcase uh, what this was. And I think I got the right guy. So The look um, of innocence on his face, yeah, but what he can do in the mixed ring. Mixed with all the scars. That's... But Shit. but to hear why Didn't he fights, post it? have you posted on Instagram yet? Yeah, it's on my Instagram. Okay, so yeah. if you go to my Instagram and you look at the latest post, it, it's a slideshow. He's the last picture. Um, but to hear his story, it's moving, man. And then to see everything unfold, his training, his life, uh, how he lives, why he fights, and then see the actual fight. Um, you know, this is a kid with fifty plus. No, he has fifty actually. Fifty uh, fights, five knockouts. He's twelve years old. And he's a stadium champion of Patalum. so. And you'd be surprised how much money this kid makes. Yeah. It was way more than I thought. Yeah, so we're going to take you inside there. So so be looking for that, guys. A little Nakamui. Uh, we'll let you guys go. I know we're, we're rattling on here. Do you smell an Oscar? <laughs> I don't think so, man. I don't think That's so. That's not what you were saying. The truth. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm going to try to still get a hold of uh, 
of, of DC. Um, he ran some issues, but uh, if we can, we'll, we'll edit it back in here if we can get a call yeah. uh, to DC. Because I would like to. Okay, so we were trying to get DC to call in during the podcast. It was last minute. He was super busy, um, and we couldn't get through. So. Um, he wants me to call him right back now. It's after the podcast. But we're gonna put it in the podcast. Our dead guy's gone. The computer won't work for us, so we can't do it with the normal microphones and the normal podcast setup. So we're gonna call DC now because why not? We gotta call him right. And uh, here we go. Hopefully you can hear this. We got the shotgun mic going. Hey, Daniel. What's up, Mike? What's up, buddy? How you doing? Good, man. Just getting up. Sorry, man. It's early in the morning for you, huh? Yeah, it's all good. How do you feel, buddy? Anything for my man, Mike Swick. <laughs> Look how nice you are in the morning, dude. Hey, I'm, I'm here, too. Hey, Mark's here, too. He feels bad, dude. Um, tell Mark that, tell Mark that uh, I, didn't say, I didn't say anything to him because he didn't show for my first MMA fight and tried to get me out of going get beat up. You remember he showed compassion swick? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Okay. He heard you. <laughs> I watched all your old wrestling videos though, huh? Did Mike do that? <laughs> You're, right. You're right, Mark. You're right. What's up, bud? How you doing this morning? I'm outstanding, man. Congratulations. So, so we just want to tell you congratulations, man. We don't want to take a lot of your time or anything. And uh, I just want to say, man, it's fucking, I'm so proud. And, and it's an honor to be your teammate, man. And like to see you grow, how you've grown since you came to AKA and then now be a two division champion, the heavyweight king, and to do it with a knockout, man, not even using your wrestling. I mean, how, does that make it feel any better that, that you did it with a knockout instead of out wrestling him? Yeah, it does. You know, because for a long time, we've said that we have the best striking gyms, best wrestling gym, and people just don't want to believe, man. They only want to talk about some of the negative things that they get, you know, the injuries and strange war, and you guys aren't making advancements, but um, we have the best coaches in the world, man, and, and uh, they had me prepared to do something truly, truly special, and I was lucky enough to pull it off. Yeah, no, you did, man. And again, congratulations, buddy. I'll, I'll let you get back to your. I mean, I know you're busy as hell right now. You just won two nights, two nights ago, man. So you got two belts. You got to like figure out where to put. And uh, man, we're really hoping you get up here to Thailand. You get some time, come out and visit us, and take a break, relax. We'll bring the family. I look forward to it. Thank you, Mikey. We'll take care of everything, man. Hey, man, take care and enjoy yourself, man. Enjoy this moment, man. You deserve it. All right, brother. Thank you. All right, buddy. Take care. So uh, that was Daniel Cormier, uh, the king of MMA right now. So we had to hear from him. We had to add it in the podcast, even though we had to do it this way. Sorry about the audio sound and the video, but uh, we had to do what we had to do, right? Yeah. For him to wake up at uh, 7.40 a.m. his time? Yeah, it's early for him. That's really cool for him to call you. I mean, you can still hear him waking up, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he texted me the first thing this morning. So, uh, you know, we, we tried to call last night, but it was uh, super late. He was checking the hotel and he was going to call back and then he passed out. So he called for, or text first thing this morning and uh, we got the setup. So anyway, we got it all worked out and, uh, 
Yeah, so he's uh, he's excited that he won the championship, especially by knockout. And Shit, I, I just I'm can't so wait. proud of him and so happy that he could chime in. I can't wait for him to come to Thailand, man. Yeah. Imagine that. It's going to be great, man. It's going to be great. Thank you, guys. And uh, again, don't forget, uh, Len Oding will be the next podcast in the next few days. It's a great podcast. Please give it a listen or a watch on YouTube. Subscribe, and we'll see you next time. And vo- oh, oh, oh. you can vote for AK Thailand. Oh, that's right. Being uh, the best destination gym at the... Um uh, Asian MMA awards. Yes, yeah, so if you go to my Twitter or you go to our Facebook page, you can actually see the link and you can vote us to be the best destination gym. So, considering that the gym started out as a dream and a sketch, literally, and now it's voted, it's in the running for the best destination gym in the world, that's pretty cool. So, if you guys vote, I'll be very, very thankful. It'd be great if we win this in just four years. Um, Good call. Nice job. See, that's why he's here. (laughs) Thanks. All right. All right, take care, guys. Oh, that's what I mean.